Hey everybody, welcome to Enter the Nerd Zone. This is Jay. It's Pete. Hey Pete, what's going on, my what's friend? What's going on? What's going on? What's going? No, I'm not going to sing. Please. No, we need to sing. We need to go. No, God, our theme no, song no, is set up. No, no, <laughs> what's our, going uh, on, nerds? No, no, our listenership <laughs> will really drop then. Um, yeah, so today Pete and I are going to be doing something that we love to do. We are going to be comparing, contrasting, uh, possibly debating about. Two actors. Chevy Chase and Bill Murray. Oh, wait, we did that already. <laughs> we did that one already, and uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely not going to go back and do that one again. Well, let's um, do Chevy Chase and anyone else that Jay doesn't like. No, 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 that just not a good one. No, so, these, so you know, listen, we've, we've talked about, uh, a while back, we talked about a couple of, like, I would think that the two action icons of the 80s when we talked about, you know, Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, we also did... It's not a tumor. That's right. And we also did Jean-Claude Van Damme versus Steven Seagal. It still sounds like I'm not a tumor when Jason's... Uh, when, what's his name? Jean-Claude Van Damme speaks, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or as I call him, Jean-Claude Pic- Picard. Sorry. Yeah, Jean-Luc Picard. <laughs> exactly. Well, we're, we're going to talk about two other... Guys, I mean, they were they were big stars in the '80s as well. Uh, they did a variety of films. I, I think they're kind of in the '80s. They were really kind of known, maybe more for their action films. Uh, Mr. Mel Gibson and and one of my favorite actors of all time, Kurt Russell. Yeah, I you know I think these two guys actually you know we'll talk about it as we go along with Mel Gibson, but they've kind of done they've been consistent since. You know the early '80s. I mean, Russell was back in the '70s and '60s. I mean, he's he was a child star, child actor, yes. not yeah, child he star. Was. But um, so yeah, I mean, these guys. I think they're on the same level, if not maybe maybe the next level underneath Stallone and Schwarzenegger, just for the fact that uh, you know, those those two guys' movies were like some of them were really iconic. Uh, but these guys <laughs> definitely have can hold their weight when it comes to that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree with that. You know, the, I mean, guys like, you know, Arnold and, and Arnold and and, uh, and Stallone. I mean, I mean, those those were the big action names of the '80s, no doubt about it. But you know, Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson. I mean, they were right there too, as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, they they actually. I mean, Kurt Russell, like you said, he got started actually in the '60s. He was actually uh, a big star for disney i mean he did a lot of disney films uh back in the day he actually had a contract um i was looking it up i think he had like they signed him to like a 10-year contract back in the mid 60s uh where he put out a bunch of films for them mel gibson got started in the mid 70s out in australia and uh yeah i mean these guys i mean they're still around today there's there's you you still know about these guys today they're still making movies and I think one of the things you said is really true. I think really from the get-go, they've been fairly consistent throughout their their storied, long and storied careers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, now, each of them had like their own little kind of controversy. I mean, nothing as big as Mel Gibson's. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll definitely be talking about that because that, that really almost – completely derailed him but uh i don't know who do you want do you want to start Let's with start with, no, start with kurt russell i mean he's he's your hero 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he really, really is. And I, I remember him from watching, uh, I, think it was, I think it was on Channel 7, ABC, here, here on the East Coast. Uh, it was every Sunday night, they would do the wonderful world of Disney, where they would show Disney films and cartoons and things like that. And he was in a, uh, he was in a series of films where he played this guy named Dexter Riley, uh, who went to Medfield College. Uh, the three movies were The Computer War, Tennis Shoes, Now You See Him, Now You Don't, and The Strongest Man in the World, where Kurt Russell was Dexter Riley, who was sort of like the wise guy on campus, you know, like pranking the dean and, you know, panty raids and stuff like that. But, you know, real, it's dizzy, so it's real, like, G-rated hijinks. And he and his, he and his buddies, who were a bunch of nerds, would just get into trouble in each and every one and and there would always be like this uh you know i don't think they called them the mafia but there would always sort of be like like an organized crime kind of figure and they would always and dexter and his buddies would always foil their plans and i just remember thinking watching that as a kid like i can't wait to go to college and meet like a cool guy like dexter riley (laughs) (laughs) you know i never saw any of those believe it or not (laughs) I don't know where you would find them because I was trying to look for them because I wanted I wanted Diana to see them and I couldn't find them anywhere. You know, I I, I checked around and I, I guess I guess with everybody making a streaming service nowadays and Disney's going to be making one, so I'm sure Disney's locking away these movies so they can put them out on their streaming service. Oh, I'm sure. But, but it was sort of like imagine if Disney did Animal House, so it was like a very like family-friendly kind of like Animal House. I guess that would probably be the best way to put it with these films. All right. So that makes sense. I mean, it's just the panty raids are actually like Disney panties and stuff like that. Well, you know, I mean, they would just, I mean, yeah, I mean, they would just get up and it was like hijinks. Like they did a lot of hijinks, you know, and um, yeah, it was like, it was, it was a lot of good fun. And I think the next time I saw him was 1981's Escape from New York, where he played one of his legendary characters, Snake Plissken. Um, did you? See, I hope you saw that film. That one I saw. <laughs> yeah, that I saw. I mean, I don't remember a lot of it. I mean, um, my I liked the Escape from L.A. was my favorite. Uh, of those okay. Of the, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. I, oh, okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> Escape from LA was, it was okay. But yeah, Escape from New York, uh, you know, I remember this movie, you know, it was in, it was like 81, you said? Uh, 81, yeah. Yeah, right around the time when my uncles would torture me with everything else that was on television. So they made me watch <laughs> this too. Um, I honestly, you know, I, you know, my first recollection of him was Elvis when he played Elvis. Yes, he did in a TV movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but he, he basically it was it was a biopic on Elvis Presley's life, and he did an excellent job as Elvis Presley. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about uh, tell me about New York. Escape from New York. Well, Escape from New York was it was a John Carpenter film. Uh, Snake Plissken is sort of like this mercenary, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, was in the military, uh, <clears throat> did something uh, that got him court-martialed. He was, he's basically, he's one bad dude. Like, you know, his name is known across the land. You don't cross this guy. Well, 
they kind of tell you that at this time, you know, in the not too distant future, you know, the world's pretty much in chaos and they've turned the island of Manhattan basically into a giant prison. Like they put a big wall around it and they just dump all the criminals in there and they're like, do what you want, but you're never going to escape. There's a big wall. There's mines on all the bridges. And uh, what happens is, is the, the president of the United States uh, is flying to a summit. And terrorists hijack the plane and he escapes in this escape pod and he lands in Manhattan on this prison. And it just so happens that they're about to bring Snake Plissken into this prison and they're like, all right, we'll make you a deal. Go rescue the president and we'll we'll set you free. And I mean, this was just, you know, it was a lot of people said it was it was a it was a bad movie. I think it was a great movie. Um, action. You know, it's kind of campy, but it's it's just it's 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 in such good fun. But it's also, I don't know. It was just it was just he was again. My thing with Kurt Russell is is he's played some of the coolest characters out there. Like eighty one, so I was like about ten, eleven years old. It's like I wanted an eye patch, you know. <laughs> I don't know if I wanted a giant snake tattoo on my stomach, but, you know, I, I just thought he was the coolest guy ever. Now, Jamie and... Lee Curtis was in that movie, too. She was kind of, like, hitting her stride as well. Jamie Lee? No, I don't think Jamie Lee Curtis was in that film. Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis was in Escape from New York. Really? Yeah. I do not remember her. <laughs> See? Sometimes you, it's... Sometimes the memories aren't that you know you think oh my god that person was in that movie you don't remember she was probably you know younger then this is right before uh, what's it called Trading Places so you know she was a she was the one of the uh, not hot sexiest women alive on on you know but she was she was very good looking when she was younger right oh yeah she definitely she definitely had a look to her but. I'm actually looking over the cast list. I don't see her on it. Yeah, according to according to our friend Raker, Ranker, she's there. But again, I don't remember the movie. I remember some of the movie. I remember it's taking place in 1997, which if you look at 1997 reality versus now, uh, you know, is it the same as looking at 2015 from Back to the Future? Like, it's, hmm. Yeah, right. No, no, seriously. Right. Is it like, you know, it's obviously we're not in surrounding you know the uh earth with surrounding new york with just the gangsters not the gangsters but uh <laughs> the criminals which some people may say that but uh you know it's it's different right oh yeah it's 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 definitely way different i mean it's yeah like you said it took place in 97 and yeah when we got to 1997 we were nowhere near that and even now we're we're, we're nowhere near well you never know you never, Wait, so I mean, it's 16 years it's 16 years later right it's 16 years from when the movie was actually made um at the time when you're watching this movie and you, and you see this you see the young kurt russell uh as as this guy do you do you think 1997 is actually going to turn out like that no because i was just so caught up in it uh all the action and just you know his performance in it you know he he had like that low growl to him and he was just like nothing phased this guy. Uh, you know, he didn't show any fear at all. Like he was like, he, he was to me, he it was almost like he was like the perfect action hero. And you know, the fact that, I mean, and at the time when I was watching it, I didn't think this way. He was really an anti-hero because you know, he was, he was a, he was labeled a criminal, but they kind of make it sound like, 
the military had wanted him to do something horrific and he went against that so of course they labeled him like a traitor or this or that <laughs> like wrongly accused but he was just he was just so cool that i wasn't thinking like oh my god 1997 is almost here is this what's gonna happen i wasn't even thinking that i was just enjoying the film now ernest <laughs> borgnine borgnine was he the president in that movie no ernest borgnine was the cab driver uh donald i think it was donald pleasance was the uh president of the united states there and uh, it was great because, you know, what happened in that film is, you know, Kurt Russell, you know, Snake Plissken, they send him in there to, um, like I said, to, to rescue the president because uh, he had a um, he had like some message he had to deliver to like the U.N. or something to basically kind of pre- almost prevent like World War. I think they were going to say three or four at this time, you know, and. Kurt Russell pretty much, you know, risks his life. Uh, all these people inside the prison, uh, like Ernest Borgnine and a couple other of them, they, they help him out. And when they get there, <clears throat> when they get to the end and, and, and uh, the president's going to play the tape, Snake Plissken pretty much asks him, you know, I think he kind of asks him, like, um, to kind of like, like, do you feel bad about, you know, everybody that kind of sacrificed themselves to get you here. And he was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, Snake Plissken knew that you know, he was totally lying, that he was still, the president was still a jerk. So he actually switched tapes on him. So when he went to play this this tape with some secret formula or whatever the heck was on it, it was, it was like this big band music that Ernest Borgnine was playing constantly throughout the film. And he just kind of like walks off into the darkness and it's, you're like, you're sort of like, okay, I think he pretty much because of what he did, he pretty much just started world war four, but you know what? He was totally right in doing it because they, they, they screwed him over. (laughs) So now is this one of your favorite Kurt Russell movies or your favorite Kurt Russell movie? It's it's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm like when when you look over his filmography. I mean, Escape from New York. Uh, he was in the thing, which I think is a very underrated film. People forget about that one. Big Trouble in Little China, which is probably in my top three Kurt Russell films. Um, There's only one Kurt Russell film that's the best. What's the best one? Go for it. Tombstone. Tombstone is. Definitely in my top three. Tombstone. I, I could watch. Oh my god! You know that film. Again, talk about Kurt Russell playing cool characters. Um, <clears throat> excuse me there. <laughs> you know, I mean, this was, and I love westerns. I mean, I, I love westerns, and this is probably one of my favorite westerns of of, of all times. Wyatt Earp, you know, Val Kilmer coming in as Doc Holliday, Sam Elliott as, you know, his older brother, uh, Bill Paxton's in it, I believe, as, yeah. as his younger brother. I mean, this this film was just incredible. And the, the scene, one of my all-time favorite scenes in cinema is when um, you kind of think, like, the, the gang that was coming after them were called the Cowboys, and they had uh, they had killed his younger brother. Uh, they shot his older brother. He was wounded, and it really looks like they're giving up. Like uh, we see uh, Sam Elliott; he's on the train uh, with his wife, and I think he's got Kurt Russell's wife with him as well. And they look like they're leaving. 
and you see the Cowboys are going to come there to to try to shoot him. And Kurt Russell comes from behind with uh, Doc Holliday and like his sort of posse. And he, you know, he shoots the one guy and he tells the other guy, he's he's like, you know, he basically declares war on him. And he's like, you know, if I see a red sash, I'm killing the man wearing it. And then he just delivers the best line. He goes, he goes, you tell him I'm coming for him. I'm coming for him and I'm bringing hell with me. And it's like <laughs> when I watch that scene, I get chills and I'm like, don't F with Kurt Russell. That's right. <laughs> uh, that that movie is one of my favorites of all time. It's. It's one of those movies that you can sit down. If you see it on, you have to stop and watch it. I think I saw it in the theater four times. Um, I, that's how much I love this movie. I mean, Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer as White Up and Doc Holliday uh, was like one of the best team-ups ever. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Because I saw there was they, they did um, there was another movie about Wyatt Earp with. Kevin Costner is Wyatt Earp. Which was good. Which was good. And, right. And Dennis Quaid was Doc Holliday. And it was a good film. But I'm like, they pale in comparison to Kurt Russell and Val Kilmer. I mean, the one, you, know, you know, like you said, you know, I'm not your Huckleberry. Like, that's right. I love that. <laughs> that, I mean, that is a great one. I'll be uh, a Huckleberry. Um, um. <laughs> so, you know, the and I, like I said, Tombstone is great for the action piece of it. And, you know, obviously the lines. Um Wyatt Earp, whole different, you know, Wyatt Earp with Kevin Costner, whole different version of it. It gives you a little bit longer. It's obviously three hours long. It is a good movie to go see. Kevin Costner, great actor. But uh, mm -hmm. Kurt Russell's version of Wyatt Earp was fantastic. Yeah, I would say, like, the, the um, Kevin Costner's version was, was, was really more his life story. So there was more drama to it, and, and it's very good. But if you want to see action hero Wyatt Earp, you know, you watch Tombstone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're looking, so we looked at, you know, we're looking at, um, Kurt Russell. Uh, obviously what are some of his not so great movies? Yeah, let's, 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 let's look over the list here. So, you know, I I'm looking through them. So if, if you look at, let's, let's, let's start in 81. So 81, he does escape from New York, which I really love, but I know a lot of peeps, you know, it's, 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 People love it. They hate it. Um, he did the thing in 82. Uh, he did this movie Silkwood in 83, which was, you know, based on a true story uh, with Meryl Streep uh, about a woman who was exposing, I think, like safety violations in nuclear power plant. Yeah. And I remember watching it as a kid and enjoying it and then seeing it years later. Really, really good film. Um, yeah, Karen Silkwood. Yeah. Uh, you know, big trouble, big trouble in Little China. Here's one that I don't know. Some people think was a dud. I actually enjoyed it. Uh, the best of times with Robin Williams. That's Did you the, ever see that? That's the football player. That's the football player. One. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Russell was the quarterback. Is that right? And yeah, he was Reno Hightower, the quarterback. And uh, because Robin Williams dropped the ball, they lost and. You know, it, it was it was really kind of Robin Williams film, but you know, Kurt Russell was in it, and that's that, that's where he kind of started to show that he could actually be funny too. Because after after that, he did Overboard in '87 with uh, you know his now I don't think it's his wife, no, his they're partner, par they're partners, yeah, partner, yeah, Goldie Hawn, which 
I thought was hilarious. And oh, I'm that like, was a funny movie. It was a funny movie. I did like. And it I was like, man, this guy could do it all. He could do action. He could do comedy. <laughs> he scores the hot ladies. I mean, Goldie Hawn, in her day, man, she was probably one, oh, yeah. one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Oh, yeah. She, she really was. And, you know, she's pretty funny herself, too. Oh, she's you know? hilarious. Absolutely. And and the two of them in this film, I mean, they had great chemistry. Uh, you know, he's he was just and I was just like, you knew him from doing all these action roles. And then all of a sudden he, he does this comedy and he's he's just so funny in it. Um, after that, he did Tequila Sunrise, which was like a cop film. I, I, I saw it. I kind of remember it. Then he teamed up with Sylvester Stallone and did Tango and Cash. Now, did you ever see Tango and Cash? Oh, my God. I love Tango and Cash. <laughs> you see, and people people bag on that film, and it's like, okay, listen, it's not going to win an Academy Award for, for Best Picture, but it's a funny, action-packed buddy cop film. Um, I mean, it's hilarious. It's, see, it's hilarious. It's It's got action. What do you want? <laughs> the thing with Tango and Cash, and people, you know, the younger, I don't want to say the younger generation, but people like that weren't watching movies in the, you know, the late eighties, early nineties. All these movies were like that. It, this was the time of the Jean Claude Van Damme movies, the um, Steven mm-hmm. Seagal stuff. They were all pretty much like cookie cutter to, to a point, right? And yeah, I, and yeah. I think Tango and Cash really kind of took it to another level with, um, you know, two cops going into going into jail, and you know. The, Stallone trying to be the serious actor, the serious cop uh, was kind of it was kind of funny in itself. And then you know, yeah, Kurt, he 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 wore glasses so yeah, people knew he was smart. That's right. And then Kurt Russell is supposed to be the you know the the witty you know Beverly Hills cop cop you know. So yeah, it, it was it was really well done. Now was it a Academy Award? No, but you Got know, it. a lot of people give you know. Here's the problem with this is why people look at Tango and Cash in a mm-hmm. bad light is Rock uh, Sylvester Stallone did all these other Rocky movies and all and a couple of these other movies and this was kind of like his lull versus Russell's start to rise. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's very very true because like this this film came in '89 where probably around that point Sylvester Stallone's star might be starting to kind of droop a little bit or fade a little bit because after tango and cash 1991 one of my favorite films of all time backdraft comes out okay uh you know where he plays uh bull mccaffrey you know he's the uh not the fire chief but he runs like uh one of the fire stations i think it was in chicago um not alec baldwin i think it was uh was it daniel baldwin or billy baldwin i don't know one of them other baldwin one of the baldwin boys not the good one. One of them other ones is his younger brother, and you know there's a there's a arsonist out there, and it's you know the relationship between you know Bull and his brother, and you know some really intense scenes like with them fighting fires. I mean that was just incredible. Um, then in '92 he does Captain Ron. And I, I was like, I, I don't know. What, what were, did you see, Captain Ron? What were your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it was it was horrendous. Yeah, uh, I think it's one of his his worst movies. Um, I really think so. Uh, that was Martin Short in that, right? Mar- yeah, Martin Short. Yeah, it was just, you know, and I felt he was trying so hard to be funny and so hard to make 
like Captain Ron a character. I was like, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, then he ninety three. He does Tombstone. So yeah. So I mean, he's <laughs> all is forgotten. Yeah, all, yeah. I mean, he's kind of Kurt Russell, kind of like the the Bill Murray in in the regard that he did a couple. You know, he's in these classics. He then he does a couple like you're like, why did he do that? And then comes back again and does, oh okay, great. This is he's back. And then he does another one and says, oh, he's not back yet. <laughs> but uh, yes. you, you know, so yeah. he's he's got some great movies. You know, and then later in his Later in his career, obviously, he's doing some, uh, I think he took a hiatus somewhere. Uh, kind of looking it over. So, you know, I have his filmography up. So, 93, he does Tombstone. In 94, uh, he voices Elvis in Forrest Gump in the scene where, you know, it's kind of, they kind of say that a very young Elvis Presley stayed at uh, Forrest Gump's boarding house, you know, that his mom had. And you only see him from behind, but you hear his voice. That's Kurt Russell right. doing the voice of Elvis Presley. Uh, he also does in the in '94 Stargate, which I saw in the theaters. Uh, him and James Spader, sci-fi action film, and I loved it. Uh, I tried to watch the, the, the series. I absolutely hated the series because I felt the movie was great, and they just should have left it with that. Um, I kind of liked the series, but I did like the movie. Yeah, the movie the movie was very very good. Uh, he was very good in it. Uh, Ninety six, <clears throat> excuse me. Ninety six, he does Executive Decision. Uh, that was you know terrorists on a plane and they sneak onto the plane while it's flying by cutting a hole in the bottom and another good movie. Another good movie. With Escape a, from it with a, with a skinny uh, Steven Seagal at the time. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we kind of thought, and we said when we talked about it, we're like, oh, that might have been his big comeback. Man, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> he got sucked out of that plane, and, and... That was it, see ya. That was it, he was gone. <laughs> Kurt Russell's like, I'm not sharing the spotlight with this hack. Exactly, yeah. It was It was really, because <laughs> you really kind of thought, like, oh, maybe this is a Steven Seagal film, and it's a Kurt Russell film. <laughs> yeah. Well, I went into uh, it thinking it was a Steven Seagal movie, I'll be honest. No, I was like really surprised to see him there, and I was like, "Oh, okay, uh, all right, he's here, and he's actually kind of doing a good." Oh, he got sucked out of the plane. He's gone. Okay. <laughs> uh, Spoiler just... alert! Sorry. <laughs> uh, come on, come on. Ninety six. If you haven't seen it by now, come on. Uh, he did Escape from L.A., which I, I think was kind of a dud. Uh, then he did in ninety eight. He did uh, Soldier. Did you yeah. ever see that one? I seen bits and pieces. Is that was Jean Claude Van Damme in that one? No, that that, that was Universal. Universal Soul. Okay, yeah, so yeah. No, I don't remember Soldier. Wait, he had the flat top in this movie, didn't he? He had the flat top in this movie, and I forget. Like he only had like he had a very limited amount of dialogue in it because he was supposed to play um, this this soldier that they raised. Like they show them in the beginning taking these kids and raising them to pretty much be like soulless fighting machines. So he has very few, very little dialogue in it. So it's a lot of like his body language and, and, and expressions that really kind of make the film. Um, then he kind of did another dud. He did 3,000 3, Miles to Graceland with Kevin Costner where they were the Elvises that were going to rob the casino. They were the Elvis impersonators and it was, it was not good. <laughs> Um, they should just you know, in that movie. They should have just been both like Wyatt Earp doing that. 
<laughs> that would have been fun. Or it just should have been the two. It just should have been the two of them or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was. It got to be a little much, you know. All these Elvis impersonators. I think David Arquette was one of them, and I was like, "Oh God, come on!" It was. It was. It was pretty bad. But he's, you know, he's, yeah, you know, he's really. I mean, up until really, let's see, you know, all the way up to, you know, you look at 2017. He was in the Fate of the Furious, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, I think for Netflix, he's playing Santa Claus in the Christmas Chronicles. That looks good. I want to see that. That looks really, really good. Um, he's kind of taking a step back from being the lead, though. I mean, he was in Hateful Eight, which Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. uh, which he's kind of not really the the main guy, right? He's come back to where he's not the main guy, but he's still important character within the movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he he's really in a lot of his films. He's he's like you said, he's definitely started to take a back seat. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm really looking over his list. I mean, there's a couple of duds on there, but for the most part, he did a lot of great films. And I mean, I think to me, like I said, you know, when I saw him on uh, I was going to say the Disney Channel but on the wonderful world of Disney Dexter Riley cool guy in college you know Snake Plissken uh playing Wyatt Earp um you know Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China like to me he has consistently played some of the coolest characters I've ever seen and he just enjoys his roles because another film that I really enjoyed was a Disney film called Sky High. Uh, he made that in 2005 where he was uh, he was a superhero whose son was going off to superhero high school. And I mean, it was just, it was a great film. It was like a fun family film. Yeah, my they son got, liked that movie when he, because he was, I guess he was nine at the time when that movie came out. Mm-hmm. So he loved that movie. Yeah, Diana loves that movie. You know, even my wife loves that movie. And yeah, we love watching it. And it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, again, he's he, he kind of takes a back seat in that film. It's it's the kids in the film that are really the big stars. But, you know, he's there and, you know, it's a smaller part. It's kind of like a silly part, but he gives it his all in it. And he's just every time I see him on screen, I'm just like, OK, he's the coolest guy on screen right now. Like the small roles he had in the last two Fast and Furious films. I'm just like he's he's outshining everybody on the screen there right now, and he's in this film for like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, he he's definitely. Um, sorry, I cut out there for a second. I don't know why. Uh, he's definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like I said, he's in these uh, in the top five of action movie. I would think, right? Mm-hmm. Right. He'd be. You know, would you say that he'd be? He's top five action guy. I would definitely think so. I mean, he's he, he's shown that he could do different kind of roles, you know, he's, he's done comedy, but he's, I think he's more known for his action. And I think he is one of the, the better action stars, uh, kind of, kind of disappointed. He never ended up in a, uh, expendables film. Uh, that's right. He hadn't. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he wanted to be either, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Uh, so, Mel Gip, we actually, you know, the the idea was to talk about Kirk Gibbs, Kirk Gibson and Mel Russell, uh, <laughs> but they did do a movie together. They did uh, mm-hmm. Tequila Sunrise. And, yes, they did do Tequila Sunrise. Yep. Um, I only saw a little bit of the movie. I think um, it was nineteen eighty eight. 
So, yeah. uh, you know, I wasn't, I was just too busy watching Michelle Pfeiffer, I think, to really <laughs> Yeah, hey, I don't there. blame you. <laughs> so this is kind of the first time they, they touch base, right? We see them together. Yeah, and I, I can't really think of them ever kind of crossing paths again. So Mel Gibson, he, he does Tequila Sunrise with Kurt, Kurt Russell. Um, do you want to roll right into Kurt? I mean, to Mel? To Mel, yeah, let's let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. So and we're gonna come back to see you guys know we're gonna come back to the Russell. We're gonna talk about we're gonna give us our three top movies for both guys, and then we're also gonna give rankers some ranking ranker information. <laughs> oh boy, ranker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you know, Mel Gibson, like you said, he mm-hmm. started um, in Australia uh, in the early seventies, right? Yeah, I think the first time people actually recognize Mel Gibson is, and you tell me if I'm wrong, is probably Mad Max. I mean, that was his. That was definitely his big film. Uh, that came out in '79, and yeah, I mean, that was really that was kind of like I remember that at the time. That was sort of like a like a cult film. Like people were talking about it. Like, you got to see this Mad Max. You got to see this Mad Max. And it, it, I don't remember it being in theaters. I remember watching it like on HBO or something like that. Um, yeah, I remember and, seeing Thunderdome in the theater, but I don't remember seeing Ma- the original Mad Max in the in the in the movies. No, uh, Mad Max or uh, the Road Warrior. Yeah, right. I don't. I don't remember. I remember seeing those. Um, yeah, like you said. Uh, like on HBO or something like that. And, and beyond Thunderdome was in, uh, in the theaters. Um, so that whole trilogy there was really kind of what introduced us to, uh, Mel Gibson. So, I mean, what were you, what were your thoughts when you first saw him in, in some of these early roles of his, uh, you know, I, you know, again, he didn't speak a lot in the Mad Max movie, at least the first one. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he just seemed like, you know, a guy, I'm like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's pretty cool, Mad Max. Um, my uncles used to love Mad Max, so I end up watching that. I'm going to refer back to my uncles a lot because they do a lot of <laughs> bad and good things to me. Uh, and not in that way. Uh, so, you know, uh, I don't know, I, you know I, my real first recognition of him, I mean, I remember seeing him in the Mad Max movies. I remember watching them, and I, I remember thinking – it was, I, you know, I kind of thought it was like, it was cool to see like the guys all, you know, the makeup and stuff like that. But I was like, yeah, eh, it's not my type of movie. You know, I, you know, it's kind of like Waterworld. You have to love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't hate Mad Max. I just wasn't a big fan of it. Uh, my real first recollection of him was kind of like my first real enjoyment of him was the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, yeah, which the first one came out in 87, and to me, you know, I I remember, you know, watching, you know, the Mad Max films, but it really didn't kind of dawn on me, like, who Mel Gibson was until the Lethal Weapon uh, franchise started, so what'd you think of those? I love love the Lethal Weapon movies. Um, Obviously, the first one is probably, you know, as... We always talk about this with trilogies and stuff like that. Is which one's the best one? The first one, the third one, whatever. Um, <laughs> I think this is this is a uh, you know four movies uh, that all four of them were really good. Now, obviously, I think the first one was the best. 
Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I thought that him and Danny Glover were a perfect combo for this movie. Um, and I don't even know if Danny Glover or Mel Gibson was the first choice with these guys, but uh, the movie itself was fantastic. Uh, and Mel Gibson, and like I said, Mel Gibson, the the crazy, he was always into the Three Stooges kind of guy, um, just <laughs> yeah, nuts. Yeah. And then Danny Glover, the straight lace cop, uh, fantastic movie, probably one of his bests. Yeah, and I mean, this was you know his, his character Martin Riggs was. You know, he was he was clearly he was a dangerous man. Uh, you know, we we see it in this in the first film. You know, he tells us that he was special forces. Um, you know, he does some some crazy stuff. Uh, you know, he knows martial arts. You know, he's uh, he's uh, he's a marksman uh, and he's crazy. I mean, he's, he's absolutely crazy because I think this is I think this was the one where uh, they roll up on a scene where there's a guy that's going to jump off the building. And Mel Gibson goes up there. He's like, you want to jump? You want to jump? And he handcuffs himself to him and they both jump off because there's the, the safety pillow down there or whatever the heck it was. Um, and you're just like, my guys, this guy's nuts. He's crazy. Yeah, exactly. You know, this is <laughs> a great be a top. <laughs> and this is a great movie because, you know, Mr. Joshua, the great Gary Busey was in this movie. And oh, yes. that fight scene was awesome on the front lawn. So, yeah, you know, so this movie really made me think, Okay, we have the next action star here. He's going to take over for Stallone and for Schwarzenegger. Yeah, absolutely. Because it surpassed them. It surpassed them, I should say. Right. Because, again, this is 87. So, again, you know, this is getting towards the end of the 80s. So, you know, Stallone, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, they're they're kind of the kings of the action films. But they're they're going to start to decline pretty soon. Um, so it's like he did Lethal Weapon in '87, Tequila Sunrise '88, '89. He does uh, Lethal Weapon two, which again that movie as well. They add a nice extra piece of that with Joe Pesci. Like, uh, I mean, Leo I thought, Getz. I love Leo. Yeah, Getz. Leo, Leo you was want, good. Leo, in, Getz. <laughs> Leo was good in two, but by the time four rolled around, I was like, "Why haven't they shot this guy already?" He's so annoying. <laughs> That's not nice. He's he's not Chevy Chase. We don't shoot. No, Joe he's Pesci. definitely. Oh no, and I love and I love Joe. I love Joe Pesci, but by the time the fourth one rolled around, I'm like, "Why is this guy still here? He's so freaking annoying." <laughs> Uh, he did Bird on a Wire with Goldie Hawn, which was kind of like an action comedy. Um, you know, they were good in it, but they didn't have the same kind of chemistry. I mean, obviously, that Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn would have. Um, it wasn't a bad film. Uh, he did Air America. Did you ever see that one? That's with Robert Eager, Downey Jr., right? With Robert Downey Jr., where they're smuggling drugs for the CIA during the Vietnam War. Uh, then he did Hamlet. Which I was like, what's he doing? It was really not well received, and oh boy, it was it was I don't know what he was thinking playing Hamlet. It was it was not good. <laughs> right? No, he wasn't very good in that movie. Um, I guess this was the time where he starts to no, well, no, his his outburst break out like in the late nineties, right? Or the, I think that comes a little bit later on. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, you know, he did uh, Lethal Weapon 3. Then he did a film that I actually really liked 
called The Man Without a Face. And I don't know if did you ever see that one, Man Without a Face? Yes, I have. That you know, and this was this was dramatic Mel Gibson. Um for those that don't know, spoiler alert, uh he he basically plays a uh, a man living out in the country who is horribly scarred. I think it was from a car accident where his his wife and child died. So he kind of like secludes himself and uh a young uh a young boy in, in in the area like asks him to tutor him to help him uh prepare for an exam i think to get into like a a, a private school and they develop you know a friendship but you know i think this took place in the 60s or 70s so people were sort of thinking like up oh, older guy friendly with a young boy you know what that means and you know, it was it was a really good film. It was very dramatic. He was very very good in it. And you know, again, kind of like Kurt Russell, he, you know, he was starting to show his range because he he he's he's done that throughout his career. He's done action. He's done drama. He's done comedy. And yeah, you know, I, I I loved it. I thought it was a pretty good film. This is his first movie he directed too. So you know, he's yes. he's slowly becoming. A, he's done some great movies as a director as well. So yeah, Man Without a Face. Uh, kind of you know he's. He's taking the Robin Williams approach to movies. You know, he was he was funny, 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 and then he's like, "All right, I want to be serious now." And mm-hmm. I, unlike Robin Williams, I think he did a better job with it. Oh yeah, no, he he definitely did. He he definitely definitely <laughs> did. Um, he did Maverick, which I liked Maverick. It's one of those movies that mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, it's based on the TV show, which yes. James James Gardner played Maverick. Um, and he was in, and he was in the film. And he yeah. was in the film as Daddy. Uh, which yep. we, we learn later on in the movie. Uh, spoiler, um, but <laughs> you know, it's one of those movies that you say, "Ah, uh, it was horrible in the theater." But you kind of like if it's on, you'll watch it because it's absolutely it's interesting. And it's a young Jodie Foster who was young Jodie Foster, who was also yeah. a Rao at the time mm-hmm. too. So <laughs> yeah. So what's after Maverick? <laughs> uh, one of his probably most iconic roles, uh, Braveheart. You know the story of William Wallace. Uh, you know freedom. Yeah, uh, that I mean, great, great film. Uh, basically, he rallies. You know, this is medieval times. He rallies uh, the Scotsmen to basically defend their land against the English. Great, great film. Uh, then he did Disney film. He did the voice of John Smith in Pocahontas, which. Yeah, you know, I got kids. And, you know, we saw Pocahontas, and uh, they enjoyed it. Uh, it was a good film. Um, then, I think this is one of my top Mel Gibson films, 1996, Ransom. Holy cow! This this film was start to finish. This was like heart pounding action. I mean, just incredible. Just an incredible film. Yeah, I did like Ransom. I thought that, you know, again, let's just go back to Braveheart really fast. Sure. Um, you know, as a, an Irishman, so to speak, um, I always get, <laughs> you must love Braveheart. It must be your favorite movie. It was good, but I didn't think it was great. I, I mean, I, I liked it. I, I thought it was really, really good. It's I, I wouldn't say it's one of my favorite films of his, but I thought it was a good film. Like, like I said, he did you know he did Braveheart, and then a couple of years later he did Ransom. I would take Ransom over Braveheart because Ransom was like nonstop thriller, s- start to finish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Now, you know, Ransom you liked, right, obviously, as you said. Oh, loved Ransom. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of my favorite films. Uh, he did Conspiracy Theory with Julia Roberts. Which I think uh, was underrated. I thought that was a pretty decent movie. You know, at the time when this came out, uh, Conspiracy Theory, I was mm-hmm. working at the video store when I was at Kane. There was a, my friend's dad owned a video store uh, right next to the uh, right next to campus. And this okay. movie, this movie, everybody wanted to rent, uh, and I never could keep it in keep it on stock. Uh, and I watched it once or twice, and I thought it was I thought it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was a uh, I thought it was a great film. Uh, you know, basically, his son is kidnapped. He's a wealthy. I think he owned an airline, and um, you know, it's uh, Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise is is the 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 man. He he's actually a New York City detective, but he planned this kidnapping. And what was crazy was, you know, Gary Sinise was like, "You're going to pay me X amount of million dollars, and you'll get your kid back." But that was never going to happen. And it's like Mel Gibson knew that. So he's, you know, he basically said, I'm not paying you. And, you know, either turn yourself in or this ransom money is going to be your bounty. You know, so whoever brings me my son and the kidnapper will get, you know, these millions of dollars, which is just it's like your kid is kidnapped and this is what you're doing. (laughs) Like it was it, it was. Oh, my God. It was it was like my heart was pounding the entire time. It's great film. What was after? What was after Ransom? After Ransom, uh, Conspiracy Theory, Lethal Weapon Four, uh, then a film of his that I really enjoyed. I, I would put this in my top three, and not a lot of people know it was Payback. This was a great film. Did you ever see Payback? Now I, I always get Payback and, and <coughs> Edge of Darkness uh, confused. This isn't the one where he's getting Payback. Payback for his daughter being killed, right? No, this is he's he's a criminal and he and his partner had pulled off a heist and then his partner double crossed him and took his money and he got sent to jail. So now he's coming back for he just wants his money back. It's like fifty thousand dollars. So he's basically, you know, he he's going through this organized crime organization, basically just like give me my money back. And they're like, no. So he just starts killing them. Um, and it's crazy because at some points they offer him more money and he's like, I just want my $50,000 back. Like, that's it. Um, you know, very not well known, very underrated. And, and it's definitely in my top three. Uh, well, yeah. <coughs> oh, you're right there. Yeah, I'm all right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So, you know, he, he obviously has these great films, um, somewhere in, in the late 90s, late nineties, early two thousands. He, Starts to lose his mind a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, let's see. Because uh, shortly after that, he did The Patriot. Which, okay, so The Patriot, uh, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, is my favorite Mel Gibson ever made. Oh, it's a great film. Great uh, film. I think it was so well done. I, you know, I obviously, if you listen to Fat Guys, uh, you know, I love this the American Revolution, Civil War time frame. And this movie, you know, is... Set it's set in the you know the revolutionary time period, yes. and him and Heath Ledger, uh, fantastic job, and of course, uh, uh, Draco Malfoy's not Draco, uh, uh, Jason Isaac, Jason yeah, Isaac, yeah, he's okay. in it, and he, Jason Isaac is probably one of the great typecasted bad guys that there could be. 
Oh, and, absolutely. And he, the three of them make this movie so enjoyable. Um, just, it's it's sad, it's funny, it's action-packed, but it's a great movie. Oh, it, it really is. Uh, same thing, I love history. I love going to, you know, living here in New Jersey. You know, we have Monmouth Battlefield. I've been out to Gettysburg. Uh, you know, so these, like, historical battlefields from the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, I love it. And this was... I mean, this was just great. It was like a living history movie because, you know, obviously, um, you know, Mel Gibson and Heath Ledger are playing more sort of fictional characters. But you see, you know, General Cornwallis and, and you see some of these other leading historical figures in it. And um, it's just it's it's yeah, it's definitely in my top three for him. Definitely in my my top three. Well, uh, yes. I mean, I can't go on <laughs> enough about this movie. I just, I just love this movie. Um, what did he do after Patriot? Let's see. So after Patriot Games, anything oops. significant or anything bad? Uh, oh, my computer froze up on me because he's like both. Both these guys have. I was like, I'm not going to try to remember their filmography off the top of my head <clears> because <throat> it's just. It's just it's very lengthy. I know uh, in two thousand and four he he directed a very controversial f- film, the Passion, Passion of, the, of the Christ. The Passion mm-hmm. of the Christ, which I've seen. And yeah, I saw I saw it as well. Yeah, I will say it is a it's a very it's a great movie, and I and um, it's very hard to watch. Um, I know it, star- it started a lot of controversy. I've, mm-hmm. o- I've only seen it once. I have it on DVD. I've only watched it once because it's very hard to see what happens in this movie. Yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, same thing. We saw it, My wife and I saw it in the theaters. <clears throat> and I actually, like, we own it on DVD. But I, I think it, it's such an intense film. I, I, I probably... Saw it once in the theaters, once on DVD, and I haven't really watched it since, just because it's it's so intense. Uh, and we loved it. We we loved the film. Um, I think we left the film crying. Uh, my mother-in-law, who was very very religious, watched it. Uh, loved the film, but was sobbing throughout the whole thing. And, and again, I mean, you know, when you when you make a film like the passion of the Christ. And then some of the comments he started making after, after this film, you know, it's kind of expressing some of his views. I mean, this, this is pretty much where we, where Mel Gibson was going to pretty much disappear off of the face of the earth. Just really because of, of, of everything that happened. It was. Yeah. I mean, if uh, before we go on to that, I mean, I have to say Jim Calvisi, Cavelzi, how do you say his name? Cavizel. Cavizel, that's I can't. <laughs> yeah, say Jim Cavizel. I can never say that man's name right. Pers- Nobody could. Person of interest guy. Uh, he yeah. does such a great job in this movie. It's he's amazing, and uh, you know he actually does a second film. I don't want to go off on a tangent for this guy. But no, go for it. Go he for does it. another movie um, about um, Saint Paul, and he plays mm-hmm. Matthew. Uh, okay. It's it's very. It's not as like oh my gosh as mind blowing as Passion of the Christ, but mm-hmm. it, it is one of the one of the better movies I've ever seen. And oh, I'm gonna have to check that one out. Yeah, it's 
<clears throat> it's about the last days of Paul. But um, mm-hmm. it, you know, and I don't, I'm not real religious. I'll be honest. Um, no, it's okay. But it was just moving, and this movie is moving. And then to see what happens after this movie's made and how Mel Gibson acts is kind of like, what? You're like, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, and and I just, you know, st- I mean, still to this day because he he did. He did the Passion of the Christ. Then, around this time, you, you know, the tapes come out with some of the things that he's saying. I'm not even gonna repeat it. And I mean, I think people know. And if you don't, go look it up. Yeah, you can look it up. Uh, yeah, you know, he did. After like a couple years after that, he directed Apocalypto, which was just bizarre. Like I didn't even watch the whole thing. I watched parts of it and I just, I didn't get what he was doing there. And I really thought, Oh my God, this guy's losing his mind. Uh, edge of darkness. Like you talked about. I like uh, that movie. That one I did like. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a very good film, but then 2011, he does the beaver. <laughs> I didn't see the beaver. <laughs> I watched the beaver and again, it's one of those films that you're going to think it's the biggest waste of time ever or it's sub, like subversively funny where he, he basically wears a beaver puppet on his hand and it's like, is the beaver, you know, is he, is it his thoughts and feelings that he's expressing with the puppet? It's, it's just a bizarre film. And like, I don't even know still to this day. And I've seen it a couple of times. I'm like, I think it's good, but I'm not sure. It's, it's just so, and, and again, I'm like, has this guy had a CAT scan? Like, are, are, are we sure there's like nothing? He didn't have a head. Like what's going on with this? This is guy? the one where he has the, the, the puppet, right? Yeah. It's the puppet one saying outrageous stuff. And, you know, and it's just like, you know, oh, it's not me. It's the puppet. It's the puppet. is, And I'm like, wait, what? Do you think it was like a, a movie that, you know, kind of like about his life saying, I'm not saying this. I'm just a puppet for somebody else, like talking through my my behind. <laughs> right. Or either that or he's like, I'm going to make a movie that's so crazy that maybe people will just think I'm crazy and they'll kind of forgive some of the stuff that I did. Like, I was like, I, I didn't get it. Um then after that, he had a cameo, not really a cameo, he had a small part in Machete Kills, um, you know, with the Machete film series. Uh, then, I think I think his comeback movie was Expendables 3, where he was Conrad Stonebanks, like he was the villain in that one. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite Expendables villains. I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme's villain was the best. Mel Gibson, number two, because he, he was just, it was like, if Martin Riggs was a bad guy, here he is in Expendables 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, what's his latest films? Uh, after that, he was in Bloodfather, which was, oh, my, you want to talk about a revenge film, go go watch Bloodfather. Uh, he, he is very intense in that one. Um, he directed, I think he directed Hacksaw Ridge. And then he was in Daddy's Home 2, which I didn't see because I didn't even see the first one. Daddy's Home 2, that's right, he was in that. That was very funny. The first one was very funny, too. Um, it's not, you know, again, it's not old school Will Ferrell, but it's, it is funny. Like Mark Wahlberg, you know, it's funny. I mean, 
we talk about all these action heroes. Mark Wahlberg is kind of like getting into the same realm of doing action films, and all of a sudden he's doing all these comedies, and he's hilarious. Yeah, he is. He, he is very funny. I don't know. I just I, I didn't have a desire to see either one of them, but you know that's kind of the last film he was in, and I think he's working on some stuff now. But I mean, there you go. Both of these guys, you know, Kurt Russell started it in the '60s, child actor. Mel Gibson started in the mid seventies and they're still, they're still, they're still around today and they're still doing stuff today. So I, you know, Kurt Russell might've had a few clinkers in his career and Mel Gibson had his whatever, his breakdown, his whatever, but they're still going strong today. Yeah. You could see that you know, kind of this, you know, again with Schwarzenegger and Stallone, you know, they're, they're, you know, they start off slow. They obviously have their great, period of time and now they're you know they slowed down and now they're coming back as not necessarily the main guy but mm. secondary guys but they're doing a great job um if if you had to pick do you have a, a preference on a, a mel gibson or a or a kurt russell oh like which which actor you had to watch, you know, which actor and which movie would it be i would definitely i would definitely take uh, Kurt Russell and oh gosh, which movie? If I could only watch one Kurt Russell film, yeah. Oh wow, that is hard because. Alrighty, I'm gonna cheat here, and I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you the three Kurt Russell films that I absolutely would watch. Okay, well, uh, why don't you do this? Here, do this. Give let's me your do it. give me your three. Fi- you know that Kurt Russell is the guy that you prefer to watch, right? Absolutely. All right, give me three. Give me your top three with him. Okay, and in no particular order, it would be Big Trouble in Little China, Tombstone. Ooh, that third film, because he's got a great career here. Big Trouble in Little China, Tombstone, and you know what? I need to laugh, so I'm probably going to get overboard. Okay, so for me, for Kurt Russell, Mm -hmm. um, I would have, in no particular order, but this is an order, um, (laughs) number three. Yes. Overboard. I thought that was one of his best movies. Very funny. Number two, Tango and Cash. Okay. And number, All right. And I number one, uh, uh, I'll Be Your Huckleberry, uh, Tombstone. Oh, God. That, that film, again, I, it's, my wife hates Westerns, and I said, you have to watch this film. She's like, but I don't like Westerns. I'm like, just watch it. And she loved it. She absolutely loved it. All right. So for Mel Gibson now, what about... Which, Mel Gibson would be my choice. Okay, I would choose. Okay, would all right. Choose, so go ahead. So I would, give give us your three. Okay, my <laughs> three. I would definitely uh, go to first. Um, number three is is Lethal Weapon. First Lethal Weapon. Okay. First Lethal Weapon is number three. Okay. Uh, um, number two. This is gonna be. This is go bad ahead. too. But uh, I actually like uh, Lethal Weapon four. <laughs> That's not a bad one. Lethal Weapon Four wasn't a bad one. I, you know, Leo. Like I said, at that time, Leo was kind of wearing thin on me, but Jet Li was in it. Uh, that was a, that's a good one. That's a good one. And number one is obviously The Patriot. And that's the movie. Mm-hmm. And I say this with all sincerity. Um, there's like three or four movies in my that I that are out there ever ever all the places that I would watch no matter what was on, and two of them are from here. Patriot, Tombstone, yes. 
Wizard of Oz, Back to the Future. Those four movies are on. I kind of stop what I'm doing. No, and I totally get that because, you know, my my top three, I'm definitely putting the Patriot in there because anytime it's on, if I'm flipping the channel, even if it's the last five minutes, <clears throat> I'm stopping and watching. So uh, the Patriot, the first lethal weapon, and Payback because – Payback is one of my favorite like revenge films of all time where he's he just wants his fifty thousand dollars and he doesn't want to hear it from anybody. You're like, you don't got his fifty thousand dollars, you're well, you're in trouble. Where's my two dollars? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know what? It's like taking that to the extreme. Exactly. Like said, at one point at one point he's with some mid level mob guy who's on the phone with a higher level guy, and he's like yeah, he wants his $200,000 back, and he's like, 50000 He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, it's $50,000. And the guy's almost like, I could have gotten you 200000 And he's like, it's $50,000. <laughs> All right. He, he just wants his $50,000. Just give him his money. All right, yep. so let's go. I'm going to give you a couple of ranker things, and then we're going to start winding this down, unfortunately, as much fun as we're having. Um, okay. So ranker, I have mm-hmm. both Best Kurt Russell movies, best Mel Gibson movies. Um, All right. One movie that they're in, obviously, is Tequila Sunrise together. Yes. For Kurt Russell, that's ranked his 20th best movie. Okay. And for Mel Gibson, it's ranked his 27th best movie. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So for my Kurt Russell, Chevy Chase, Hayton buddy, uh, (laughs) I'm going to give you Kurt Russell's top 10. Go for it. All right, I'll give you the one that's the. I'll give you the ten plus one, number eleven. The one that mm-hmm. didn't make the top ten. Executive decision. Okay. All number right. number ten. <clears throat> You're gonna love this. Okay. Captain Ron. Oh come on! <laughs> that is ridiculous. Number nine. That is ridiculous. Tango and Cash. Okay. Number eight. Miracle. Oh, I can't believe we didn't talk. Miracle is – I love sports films. I love true story sports films. Miracle is one of my favorite because I remember as a kid, 1980, w- watching that live, you know, The Miracle on Ice. Uh, and as Herb Brooks, he was he was incredible as Herb Brooks. Yeah. Uh, great film. Uh, number seven, Stargate. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. That's, again, one of my favorites of his. Yeah. Number six, Backdraft. Oh, boy. That should be up higher. But okay. Okay. Overboard. Oh, still one of the funniest ones ever. Big Trouble, Little China. That. Oh, okay. All right. Escape from New York. Mm hmm. The Thing. Oh, so under. Did you ever see The Thing? No, I did not. I'm, it's, a, it's a horror movie, right? It's it's a horror movie. Yeah, it's not my, uh, it's not my scene. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. If you don't like horror, yeah, d- don't don't want. It's a very good film, and it's very it's a very underrated film. You know, a lot of people don't. I I, I watched it. I loved it. Diana loves it. It's one of her favorite John Carpenter films. So it's 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 a great film. And number one, I mm-hmm. guess you can figure out what that is, right? I'll be your Huckleberry. No. That's right, Tombstone. It has to be. So, yeah. is there anything in there in the top ten that shouldn't be there, or we're missing something? Well, Captain Ron shouldn't be there. <laughs> uh, what, what should replace Captain Ron? Sky High. Uh, actually, yeah. I mean, I, I would think Sky High. I mean, I get why it wouldn't be ranked that high, but 
I mean, the fact that Captain Ron is 10 and uh, executive, I mean, executive decision should be in there because that, that's, that's, Captain Ron's ridiculous. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> All right. So for my hero, not. Yes. Um, Mel Gibson. Go for it. Okay. Number 11, which is one we didn't really talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, signs. Uh, I was, I don't know. I, I mean, he did, he did, I thought he did a good job in it, but overall it was, I don't know. I kind of liked it. I wouldn't say it was the top 15 movie though. Um, no, number no. 10, Conspiracy Theory. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. Oh, and your, your buddy Jean-Luc Picard's in that film. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> number nine, Matt, Matt, uh, Mad Max 2. Uh, oh, The Road Warrior, Mad Max 2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then. Then your your movie Payback is number eight. See that? Told you. <laughs> I forgot who was in that. Lucy Liu, who I, I Lucy do, Liu I do, is in that. I love Lucy Liu, and I like Maria Bella. Bella. Oh yeah. Oh yes, Maria Bella too. Uh, yes, right. young Lucy Liu and and Maria Bella. Yes. Yeah. Number seven, Maverick. Yeah, it's still. I mean, a lot of people trash that film, but it's really not that it's bad. bad. Lethal Weapon <laughs> two. Mm-hmm. Mad Max. Okay. We are we were soldiers. Oh right, yes. And this is where the the where I start to like throw my fist at Ranker. Uh, number three, the Patriot. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Lethal Weapon. And number, okay. And number one, Braveheart. No, that's that's wrong. And I mean, Braveheart is a good film, but it's 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 no, it's. Come on, the Patriot is number one. Lethal Weapon is number two. Braveheart shouldn't even really. Yeah, it, should, it could be a top ten film, but no, it's not as number. If one you film. if you poll ten people or you know twenty people, which we will do on Instagram, what what movie? <laughs> I hope it's more than twenty. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, well, I'm saying if we. If, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. If you said Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson, give me a movie of each, off the top of your head. Who's going? Where, where are they going? What do you think? They're probably uh, Kurt Russell. They'll probably say Big Trouble in Little China, and Mel Gibson. They're going to say Lethal Weapon. Okay, I, I think because uh, I mean Lethal Weapon. Even though I think Patriot, the Patriot is his best film, I think Lethal Weapon is what he's probably most known for. I, uh, I don't think you're going to say Braveheart. <laughs> so on Instagram, since you're the 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 key master <laughs> of that, can you put up there uh, Kurt Russell, Mel Gibson? Give me a movie, go. <laughs> Give me a movie, go. You got it. <laughs> uh, let's see what happens. Um, so, overall, I mean, these two guys' careers are really pretty pretty similar. Um, we don't like the idea of what Mel Gibson has talked about, you know, his racial mm-hmm. stuff and everything else. But overall, Absolutely. when we talk about his movies um, and Kurt Russell's movies, they're pretty similar guys. There's not one that you dislike, like Chevy Chase, and I'll keep bringing that up, um, <laughs> or Norton. Uh, but, right. <laughs> so obviously, as you said, you would choose Kurt Russell, a movie Kurt Russell first before you saw Mel Gibson. I'm the opposite, but that's okay. You could be wrong. Um, <laughs> no, actually, it's very hard. I mean, The Patriot and the to- and Tombstone, those are too hard. That's, a, that's like a Sophie's Choice right there. <laughs> Yeah, you know, so no, it's 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 very true. Like if I had a really, it's really tough to say. I can only choose one of those films. I really don't know. I'd have to really think about it. It's it's tough. <clears throat> All right, Jay. So we talked a lot about these two guys today, and we got a lot. Oh yeah, up. we got a lot coming up in the in future episodes here. Yes, um, we do. <clears throat> 
just a quick thing, a quick plug, kind of. Um, in the near future, we're going to have our first... Well, first of all, coming up soon will be our our year. We're going to be a year doing this. Yeah. Which is in, amazing. In December. Wow. We, didn't, we haven't killed each other yet, which is awesome. That's yeah, we're always, still here one year later. Yeah, It's always a good thing when we don't kill each other. Um, so, Because uh, <laughs> we don't record in the same room. That's, that's right. Why. <laughs> that's, that's probably the truth of it. Um, you may not see a big show from us, but we will be talking about some of our – best moments as we go through over the, the last year of our show. Um, but yep. we do have a big guest coming up. Uh, my, I'm excited. I'm really excited. As soon as I, as soon yes. as I was able to line this guy up, I knew Jay would be happier than a pig in poop, as they say. Um, oh, I, I, I really cannot wait. Yes. <laughs> our, my buddy, Matt, um, my friend, Jason's buddy, Matt, um, yes. Who owns Kirby Comic uh, Comic Store, another comic oh, book yeah. store, plug in, it, plug in, it. <laughs> in, Han- in Hanover, PA. So Main Street Comics, no competition. You got Jersey, he's got PA. Uh, <laughs> True. So uh, he, Matt, I learned, was a perform- uh, uh, former professional wrestler. And Matt will probably be on the show a few times, but the first time we're going to kind of get his experiences as um, – Life in the business. Life in the business. Life in the business. Absolutely. uh, If you want to learn about more about Matt's store, Kirby Comics Store, that's what it's called. It's Mm -hmm. on on Instagram. Go there. If you're in the pencil, you know York, Pennsylvania, Hanover area, you got to go there. It's a great little, great little shop. It's it's. I will say this. And I, I've been to many comic book stores, and I can't speak for Main Street, and I'm pretty sure Main Street's the same way. This, <laughs> yeah. this is strictly comics and books. It's an old-school feel. You go in, you got that customer service feeling from Matt, who's there okay. all the time. And um, it's it's like you're going back into the past, where you, like when you were a kid going into the comic book store and just being able to talk comic, comic, comic. So make sure you hit uh, Kirby's comic book store and listen for us with Matt as we talk old school wrestling. Oh yeah. Like I said, I really can't wait. You know, he was in the business. I don't <clears> want to give any, any, any spoilers, but when I messaged him and he told me who trained him, like I almost lost it. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Now, now we're talking. <laughs> Jake texted me and he was, he had that crying voice in his, and he was so excited. So I was so choked up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so get get ready for that. Do you know who trained him? <laughs> Do you know who That's be the first thing. So just so you know, the the show will go like this. Hey guys, it's Pete. It's Jay. It's Matt. We're talking wrestling. You guys go ahead. <laughs> That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just gonna be Matt talk. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So not only Kirby Comic Store. Also, make sure you're going in Milltown, New Jersey, if you're in the New Jersey area. Uh, in, that, in that area, go to Main Street Comics. They're also on, yep. on Instagram as well. as Main Yep, Street Main Street Comics. Comics. Yep, Main Street Comics on Instagram. Definitely check them and out. And Jay is a big supporter of them because he's keeping their lights on for them. Uh, trying my best. <laughs> even as Diane's at college, uh, he's still doing his duty. Uh, <laughs> what else, yeah, what else we got, Jay? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, don't forget, you could listen to us right here on Anchor. We got the call-in feature, so call in, let us know uh, how we're doing. Call in and tell us, hey, what's my favorite Kurt Russell film? What's your favorite Mel Gibson film? Uh, also, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please rate and review us. Please write a review. 
I see five star reviews, but nobody's writing. Yeah. Come on, tell us, tell us what you like. Learn how to write. Put it in there. Come on. <laughs> Even if it's Don't like, shy. If, if it's one word, awesome is fine. That uh, is fine. Uh, and yeah, like Pete said, we are on Instagram. Enter the Nerd Zone is on Instagram. Definitely put up some pictures and uh, some polls about Mr. Russell and Mr. Gibson. Uh, and we're on Facebook too. Yep, we're on but... Facebook. Uh, I know Jay doesn't, <laughs> Jay, Jay doesn't look at Facebook. Um, no, I don't look at Facebook. <laughs> we do have our website. It's brothersinarmchairs.com. Oh, it's yes, still active. Uh, yes, it sure, is. Make sure you go into it. It will be updated soon. We're actually going to make some changes to it. Um, adding some few, uh, adding a few things. So uh, uh, look out for that. But when you go on the website, you can click on any of the five pages and get get the information. You know, get our all of our shows. They'll link you to iTunes or Anchor. Um, so make sure you're checking that out. Brothersinarmchairs.com. We can find where you can find all four brothers in armchairs. Um, and uh, what else? I think. Oh, you can also on Instagram, obviously. At Enter the Nerd Zone, as well as at SOKeefe37 is where you can find me as I double post everything because Jay does such a good job. I have to post it twice. <laughs> so nice. You got to see it twice. That's yeah. Right. So, Jay. Yes, sir. As usual. Mm-hmm. Same bad time. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> same bad time. Same bad time. Same bad channel. Uh, Batman, don't sue us. <laughs>